If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Ask Paul. My name is obviously Paul Abernathy, and welcome to the podcast where we answer those questions that are submitted through our portal over at paulabernathy.com. If you have any question about the National Electrical Code or electrical installations in general, do me a favor. Jump on over to our portal. Just go to www.paulabernathy.com. And you'll see all the information there, a little portal, fill in the information, click the button, and that will come to me. And I will dedicate time to answering your questions as well. I will potentially do a podcast on it like we're doing today. So uh, if you got the questions, please jump on over there and just feel like you can just uh, submit away. I'll do my best to answer those questions for you. All right. On today's episode, we do have two questions that were submitted. And again, uh, these questions were actually submitted by the same person, but were submitted in two separate submittals. So I'm going to address each one of them in this uh, episode so that they can get the answers they need uh, right in one place. They don't have to wait for a future one. And so it was selected. So I'm going to do that on today's episode. So the question is, and kind of these are two questions. We'll answer each one separately. The first question is, Paul, I see this done all the time and I'm confused because I install non-metallic sheath cable. Of course, he called it by a trade name, uh, a slang. I should say trade slang. He says, I install non-metallic sheath cable inside of Liquitite all the time from an outside air conditioning disconnect to the air conditioner. What's the problem? Why can't you use NMB outside? Okay, so that's the first question. And um, First of all, I'll say, depending on where you're at, what jurisdiction you're in, they are obviously not looking really closely to that part of the install, okay? Uh, so again, so just because you seem to be doing it and just because somebody seems to be passing it does not mean that it is actually compliant, okay? That's another thing that we sometimes forget in this industry, uh, that just because something passes doesn't mean it's right, right? So let's kind of address each one of these issues. So first, let's do it from a product's standpoint. So non-metallic sheath cable is a product that is designed under a specific ANSI UL standard, and that is UL 719. 
Now, I don't expect you to have a copy of the UL standard, but in that UL standard, it's it's very clear the testing that it goes through. It goes through a with a dielectric withstand. It'll go through uh, submerging for 24 hours in tap water, uh, and then it's going to be tested. That does not change the fact that that is a dry location only type product. Okay, that's what it's for. It's to go inside of the walls. Okay, it's to go in areas that are going to be uh, kept away from subject to moisture and dampness on a long-standing, ongoing type of condition. Although there are allowances for things like under construction and stuff like that, where you can allow non-metallic sheath cable, the sheathing part, to be subject to uh, moisture and dampness for a temporary period during the point of that construction. So there are some allowances on that. And I encourage you to go listen to uh, our podcast over on uh, Uncool Wires Codes and Standard podcast. So um, over on our Spreaker, I have access to that as well. But that's a, uh, a really exciting podcast that we're going to be doing for Uncool Wire Corporation. So check that out uh, if you want more information specific to products and their application and use and things like that. So that ought to be a pretty, pretty good uh, actual one to listen to. All right. So on today's episode, again, so we're going to answer this question. It's kind of a, a, a multi-layered question. So uh, so just wanted to get the standard out of the way. UL 719, it's designed for a dry location. Uh, it goes through some subsequent testing to make sure that the dielectric withstands and, the, and things like that. You know, it has... Testing that'll go on and, you know, in water, that's the sheathing, if you will. And so there's different things that we have to do in that. But again, that doesn't remove the fact that this is a dry location only product. Now, if you're in the National Electrical Code, for example, then you would look under the definitions in Article 100 for a dry, wet, and damp locations. And you actually have to go look under locations because it's kind of funky how the code does this. It goes locations, comma, wet, locations, comma, dry. Uh, We are taking some efforts in the 2023 edition to kind of make it a little easier to be searchable since NFPA seems to want to go to PDF. Uh, They don't do PFs anymore, uh, PDF. They want you to go online or you still can get your code book. But if you got the searchable versions, uh, some of their their new products, it just makes it hard to search for things because that's not the logical search. So things are changing in the code to make it a little a little easier to be able to search it. Um, but for the locations, you go to locations and you'll see damp, wet, and dry. And if you look under the definition of a dry location, it does allow, and I'm paraphrasing, of course, it does allow for the examples such as under construction where you can have some levels of moisture and dampness during this period of time, knowing that the final product, the end of the day, the, at the end of the day, the non-metallic sheath cable is going to be encased in the wall or in a location that is ultimately for long term is going to be considered a dry location because this is a dry location product. Okay. All right. So we get, you know, kind of get the standard out of the way to answer that part of your question. So let's kind of reel it back now to the NEC, the National Electrical Code, and see what we have to do with that so that you kind of paint this picture. And it's a couple pieces to this because the easy answer I could give you is say what? No, you can't install it in a conduit or a raceway uh, or tubing system outside of a building. It's considered a wet location. Okay, that's it. If that's all you came for, there you go. You got it. Move on. But if you want to get a little deeper, and I like to get deeper, this is why we came up with the Ask Paul versus the Code in 5. I knew I was going to be a little more long-winded in my explanation. If you're the first person to ever come to these podcasts, and you'll say, what in the world is he talking about? It is what it is. Stay if you wish. Move on if you wish to do so as well. So let's go on and look at the code a little bit 
And I know a lot of people are driving down the road or on your work site. So I'm going to do my best to paint you a, a mental picture as we go through this. All right. The first place that we want to go in this, this little adventure of ours is we want to go to 334, which is Article 334, which deals with non-metallic sheathed cable type NM or NMC. Now, you're going to hear us say things like NMB. Uh, so it's NM-B. But really, the, the overarching piece of this is it's NM, non-metallic sheath cable. All right. So the NM for non-metallic, when we say NMB or you hear us say NMB, that's because the B designates that the conductors inside of the cable assembly, the insulation itself is rated for 90 degrees C. Okay. Again, dry location. Now, the thing about that is, yeah, it's rated for 90 degrees C for us to do adjustment and corrections in accordance with 310.15B1 and, of course, 310.15C1 in the 2020 edition. And if you don't know anything about those references and you have no clue what adjustment and corrections are, then it sounds like you're a candidate for our Fast Tracks NEC learning program. If you want to get a better understanding of the National Electrical Code, I mean a deeper understanding so you don't make those mistakes, you can share correct information with other people, or maybe be the leader of your company and, and really set the tone, then check out our website, electricalcodeacademy.net or .com or .org. It doesn't matter. Or if you're really just hyper-focused on the NEC, go to masterthenec.com.net or .org. And you'll get your information there. Click the links and boom, you'll be off to town learning about the NEC. It's a great program. And you have me to help you along the way. It's kind of like you get a you get a tutor and a guide all in one when you get that program. You have access to it for an entire year, so 24-7, 365. All right, so if you're in the National Electrical Code and you go to 334, what you want to jump to is the use is not permitted. Because, again, what we're talking about is, is it permitted to have NMB inside of a raceway, inside of which is a tubing or a conduit, which are both raceways, by the way? Can you have that? And so we have to look at that. So here's what it says. 334.12b, because that's specifically dealing with NM, specifically, says cables shall not be used under the following conditions or in the following locations. Now, we can jump all the way down to item number four, because that addresses what we're here to talk about. And that says, uh, again, shall not be used under the following conditions. Number four says in wet or damp locations. So it pretty much says it cut and dry. There it is. Now, the next thing that somebody's going to say, and, and, and we've seen it, and a lot of people that are new to the industry will say this. They'll, they'll immediately pop up and say, well, wait a minute, Paul. I'm talking about inside of something like a liquid type. Okay, I'm with you. I hear you. Inside of a liquid type, the reason that you're using liquid type is because it's liquid type. <laughs> okay, well, not so fast. So even though it's stated liquid type and you have to use the fittings and you do everything associated with it to complete that assembly, it is not going to be a dry location inside of a raceway. It's not a dry location inside of a conduit or tubing, any of that, all right? It's just like the environment you're installing it in a wet location. You're going to have condensation in there, temperatures, what's being generated from the conductor and then the Ambient temperature outside uh, could create moisture. You're going to have moisture in it, right? So we have two things to look at. So when we're talking about liquid type, because the question was about the AC disconnect down to the actual air conditioning unit, uh, and they wanted us just to put in some NMB in there, which is probably commonly done, but it's not permitted. Now, one, we saw that we have to establish now that that is a 
wet location. So above ground, obviously it is. And you're going to go in your National Electrical Code while you're still in there. And we're going to look at 300.9. Now, 300.9 is very specific. It says raceways and wet locations above ground. And yes, LFMC, which is a conduit, is a raceway. In fact, you know raceways are raceways because in the actual body of the scope of the different types of, of wiring methods, it will tell you whether it's a raceway or not. And that's how you would know. That is a raceway. Okay. All right. So in the raceway, here's what the code says. 300.9. It says raceways in wet locations above grade. It says where raceways are installed in wet locations above grade. And I think we will not argue that outside is a wet location. Okay. We don't need to argue that one. The interior of these raceways shall be considered to be wet locations. Insulated conductors and cables installed in raceways in wet locations above grade shall comply with 310.10C. Now, 310.10C, again, 310, for those that aren't familiar, 310 is dealing with conductors for general wiring. So 310.10 is going to talk about the conductors inside of it, and it tells us, that we have dry, dry and damp, and then wet locations. Now, C deals with the wet locations, and that's where it talks about RHW, RHW-2. One key denominator between all of these is there's a W inside of the nomenclature of the wire insulation type. And these are abbreviated uh, examples. These are the nomenclature for, like, for example, THHN. That is not rated for a wet location, but... THHN, which is probably the most common wiring type of, 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 of conductor type, insulation type, used in our industry, indoors, in raceways, it's also dual rated. It's THHN slash THWN. In most cases, it should be dash two. Okay, for those that don't put dash two on all their THWN, shame on you. And I won't go into why, but we'll just say shame on you. All right, so in this scenario here, the W's there, so you can use it in a wet location inside of a raceway. Okay. So that's the concept of why it makes reference to 310.10C because that's the wet locations. Okay. All right. So we've got that, that scenario all in play. So let's kind of go back now. And so that's for above ground. So we know that that raceway, that wire method, all of that is a wet location. Okay. That is obviously a wet location. So inside of that is a wet location as well. We establish all that. We're good. So now what about raceways, and, and again, I'm jumping from the question, but I'm trying to give you as much information as I can. Even raceways that are installed underground, it's still the same concept, still the same thing. But for that reference, folks, you want to go look under 300.5 because 300.5, then it gives us some more descriptions of, for example, 300.5B, which says wet locations. So this one says the interior of enclosures or raceways installed underground shall be considered to be wet locations. And then it says the same language about insulated conductors in 300.10C, which is tell you the different types of insulation that's okay for a wet location. So whether it's a raceway outside underground or a raceway that's outside in a wet location above ground, the space inside of the wiring method, um, in this case, the, the raceway, um, is a wet location. So that means the conductors would have to be rated a wet location. Now, that takes us back to non-metallic sheath cable, okay? We came full circle. A non-metallic sheath cable in itself is a dry location-only product, all right? The conductors that are inside of it have not been evaluated specifically for use in a wet location or even a damp location. In fact, one of the other reasons 
that people bring this up is they go, well, okay, I established this as a dry location product and I can't install it in a wet location inside of a raceways, a wet location. I get you, Paul. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to strip out the conductors out of the non-metallic sheath cable. And I'm just going to use the conductors because, you know, I got a roll of it on the truck. I'm just going to cut me a piece, strip that sheathing off and boom, put them in there. Okay. Where's the problem with that? Well, the next thing you would have a problem with that is because of the listing. Because we know that we've talked about the UL listing 719 isn't designed for this product at all to be used in a wet location. Even though it goes through subsequent testing, and that's how we can tell you that even if your sheathing gets a little wet, it's no big deal as long as you don't get water into the ends where the paper is and gets access to the insulated conductors, then you really don't have to worry about it. It's just a little incident contact with water. It's not going to hurt anything. But what we can tell you is that that product was not designed for use in wet locations that are intending to be ongoing wet locations. So using it in any way other than how it's been listed as a cable assembly creates a problem of a violation of 110.3b. Now, people hear 110.3b all the time. Inspectors cite this uh, at nausea, and that's okay because sometimes it has a place, sometimes it's kind of far-reaching for them, but usually it has its place. So in this case, 110.3b states that installation use, it says equipment that is listed, labeled, or both, shall be installed and in, in, uh, installed and used in accordance with any instructions included in the listing and labeling. I can tell you right now, as a manufacturer who produces non-metallic sheet cable, they're going to tell you that product was designed to go in a dry location period. That, that's their use. Now, of course, when people buy products, they use them for whatever they want. You buy it, you own it. But don't expect any warranty from a manufacturer and don't expect them to step up to the plate if something goes wrong in that installation because they won't drop you like a bad habit. All right, so that would be a violation of its listing because it goes through an evaluation for use in a dry location. So that's probably a citing of uh, 1133B is what you're going to see quite, quite a bit on that. All right, the next problem that we have is that conductors have to be marked and they have to be marked for their specific application. So individual conductors typically, okay, not to say that a manufacturer wouldn't do it, but the conductors that are actually inside of a non-metallic sheath cable are not marked, okay? They don't have marking on the surface. They don't have the required uh, nomenclature written on it to be able to identify where its use is, to indicate its application, okay? So here's what the marking requirements are for all conductors. So in your code book, if you've never looked at this before, and again, the 2020 code reorganized chapter three, and, and, and it did it in a way, I shouldn't say just chapter three, say, let's be specific. Article 310 was reworked and reorganized, and a friend of mine, really, the two friends, really led this cause, uh, and it was uh, Chris Hunter uh, and um, Dave Messier. Now, Dave Messier's now with UL, and Chris Hunter's with Ciro, but what they did was they are part of that code panel, and they really led the charge on this, and they did a wonderful job. I mean, it really didn't add anything new, but what they did was they organized it better to be able to find things. Put the important stuff up at the front about the construction of the products, uh, the conductor types and its uses, wet location, you know, dry, damp, all that. Put that up front and then save the ampacity issues for 310. Save that toward the rear, closer to where it you know, was before. All right, so when you look at your code book, if you want to go to 310.8, you'll see where it says required information. It says all conductors and cables 
shall be marked to indicate the following information using the applicable method described in 310.8B. But it goes on to say it has to have the maximum voltage rating. It has the proper type letter or letters of the type of wire or cable as specified elsewhere in this code. The manufacturer's name, trademark, or other distinguishing mark by which the organization responsible for the product can be identified. So unless you got to reach out to the manufacturer. And it has to have the AWG size or circular mill area. And cable assemblies where the neutral conductor is smaller than the ungrounded conductors shall be so marked. That would be an example of a, a service entrance cable like a type U uh, or even uh, possibly a type R or style R of uh service entrance cable. Um, if you're going to have a, a, a grounded neutral conductor that is going to be smaller than the ungrounded conductors, then again, it's going to identify it as such. And that's what kind of gives you the rule here. Now, and then it goes on to tell you the methods of marking, surface marking. And there are some applications, for example, where you, you would put this on the individual conductors, right? And there's occasions where you could put this on the overall cable assembly, right? And then there's some applications where you can't do this. For example, on like an MC, you wouldn't put it on the armor, so you could put it on the packaging. Makes sense, right? But typically, most manufacturers of metal clad cable use the interconductors. They use the same interconductors that it would be THHN, THWN-2, or X. And so because there's no sense in keeping dual inventory and you use the same interconductors, then those conductors are going to be marked. And since they have their marking on it, this is what allows you to transition for example, where you have a transition fitting, whereas you might, you know, you know how you go and you rough in a building and a commercial building and you and you stub up the EMT and then all of a sudden you leave it open at the top and then you do all your wiring, let's say an MC, and then you come and you have a transition fitting. Well, let's say it's 10 feet from the point where you stubbed it up down to the box um, that you could typically what you might do is you might take the MC if you're doing MC for lighting or whatnot, you would strip it out. And you would be able to use the last 10 feet of the conductors uh, and you have a transition fitting which connects onto the MC and then it transitions to the EMT. And that's okay. One, because you have a listed transition fitting and two, because those inner conductors are marked like a normal THHN, THWN-2 would be. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. The problem with non-metallic sheath cable is they're not marked. So they don't meet this rule. So using them outside of the cable assembly is a violation of their listing, not only the violation of the National Electrical Code for use of a product. So anybody allowing that to happen aren't truly understanding what the NEC has to say. And so for people out there to say, I don't worry about the NEC, I'm just an electrician. Yeah, there's way more to being good at your trade than just being the, the guy that pulls the wire, the guy that pulls the cable. This is why I tell people, for all of you out there, you TikTokers and all that, that post everything and, and, and comment about how other people's work and put your work up there with code violations blaring, dude, take your game to the next level. It's just not about being able to do pretty conduit work, okay? It's not, that doesn't mean that you're excellent in your trade. You might think you have all this knowledge, you're the best bender, you're the best runner of wire, you make everything look pretty. But then when I get you in a corner and I start throwing code at you, then you get defensive, right? And then you'll go, 
well, that's because you teach code because you can't do anymore. Well, shut up. Shut up. Just because you're 20s and 30s and I'm in my late 50s don't mean I didn't do what you did and don't mean I was where you were. I just work smarter, not harder these days, okay? You can work smarter too. Learn the code. It's simple. Plus, it raises the elevation of your trade, right? You're the smarter trade. That's what we're working for. We want to be the smarter trade, all right? Okay, so anyway, that's your marking requirement, all right? So that's all of the reasons why you cannot use it and you cannot strip it out. Um, there's nothing wrong with that bare equipment ground. That's fine. It could be bare, covered, or insulated, okay? Um, as you would read that in uh, 250.118, it's fine. Um, but uh, you, you have to understand that there's a place for using a product a certain way in accordance with its listing and then trying to uh, tear the product apart so that you can use the inners. I would say just keep some rolls of wire in your truck for use in that application rather than using a non-metallic sheet cable for that app, that, that it's situation. Now, the next question is not really on this, but related. Uh, so I'm going to kind of give you another one. Could you use UFB? Now, remember, the B is the same thing. The insulated conductors are rated for 90 um, for adjustment and correction purposes, not for ampacity. You're still going to be limited to 60. That's what it tells us in 334.80. And, of course, 340 is going to reference you back for those applications. So it's still going to be limited to 60. But, uh, and you should know what I'm talking about, but you can use UFB outside because that is rated for a wet location. And part of that, if you're going to put that inside of a conduit, uh, then you need to understand things like raceway fill and what space that conduit, uh, that UFB actually takes up inside of the conduit. And so then you're going to have to be very familiar with chapter nine, table one, and the associated notes in order to be able to make sure that you're doing that properly. If you're just putting one in there, then it's, you know, it's just one conductor when you're, when you're talking about fill 53%, don't exceed it. If you don't know how to do that, we encourage you to go over to our website Join our monthly subscription. Join our annual subscription. We have hundreds and hundreds of videos, technical podcasts, technical videos. Uh, they're constantly being made all the time. We encourage you to jump in there. It's Again, it's, it's less than $120 a year, and you get access to everything. You also get special invites to our Wednesday night training sessions where you can bring your questions, and you also will get access to any, any of the webinars that we have planned in, in the future. So all of that's included. So check that out over on our website. You'll see the subscription button. Check it out, and you can get some more information. All right, that answers that question. Um, so let's go on to the, the next question we have here. Uh, it says, hi, Paul. I submitted a question on NMB, and I appreciate that you would respond to that. I have another question. When you cut, when, what does it say? Why can't you, what? When you, okay, I'm going to have to, I got to, this is kind of broken English here, so I'm going to try to paraphrase it. Okay, it looks like he says, why can't we use, okay, I get it. Okay, why can't we use MC cable outside if the interconductors are rated for a wet location? Okay, I've kind of talked about that a little bit. Uh, but uh, kind of with the NMB and it's, so let's kind of talk a little bit through this. All right. So what he's talking about in this one is non-metallic sheath cable was what we covered in his first question. And this question's kind of related to it, but again, he's wanting to know, okay, I kind of get it with the NMB maybe, even though he asked the question now he's saying, but, but wait a minute, MC cable 
has conductors inside of it that are rated for a wet location. Maybe it's THHN, THWN-2, dual rated products, uh, or XHHW-2, hopefully, inside of it. And they're going, well, okay, well, if it's conductors are rated for wet location, why in the heck can't I use them outside? Okay. That's going to take us to a kind of a, 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 another location in the code where we're going to look at metal clad cables. So if you have your code book and you're, and you're already savvy enough, because I know my listeners are, because I'm not after the viral people that just want stuff for free. We want the people that really want to learn, uh, which is why I kind of am not a big fan of all these social media things. But anyway, you want to learn the code. So you're thinking, all right, I already know where to be, Paul. I'm going to be at 3.30 for metal clad cable. Okay, well, you'd be right. That's where you need to be for metal clad cable. And what you're going to be looking at is the use is permitted, which is the dot tens and the use is not permitted, which is the dot 12. And in our case right here, the specific question was about using MC cable clearly in a wet location outside. And why can't I do that if the conductors are rated for wet location inside of it? No, I'm going to assume that this individual has been rejected by this. I'm going to assume that inspectors have come and, and turned it down. That type of scenario, okay? So the first thing I'll tell you is that UL1569 is the standard for MC cable. And MC cable is designed for dry location just like NMB. However, it does have a provision that allows it in a wet location. Interesting enough, the word damp doesn't appear anywhere in that standard. So if it's rated for a wet location, then obviously it's going to cover damp locations, okay? It's obviously because that's a lesser restriction as a wet location would be. Uh, dry locations are what they are. They're dry. All right, so, and, and the same thing under construction still applies to a dry location for MC cable if it happens to get some moisture onto the armor, things like that. No harm, no foul. It's ultimately going to be in a dry location, then you're okay. But if it's a damp location or a wet location, then we got to do something else because even though the standard doesn't address damp, it does address wet. And wet is more restrictive than damp, okay? And it certainly both have something to do with moisture other than something that's intended to be dry. So let's look at the permitted and use is not permitted. So in the use is permitted, you have a long list. Uh, there's 12 items here. Uh, but you'll notice that uh, item number 10 in 3, 330.10a, general uses here, says in dry locations and. Okay, so in dry locations, MC cable is fine. Not a problem. But it goes on to say and embedded in plaster finish on brick and other masonry is except in a damp or wet location because that, that type of material tends to absorb moisture, okay? So if you had plaster inside in a building, it's a dry location and you have the plaster, that's okay. That's fine. As long as it's not damp or wet location, okay? And I would say if it's brick with mortar and it's an outside wall that could allow it's, the mortar to still be exposed to moisture, even though you're doing it on the inside, then guess what? That's wet location or potentially a damp location, and you're not going to be able to do this. So this is the use in a dry location for the MC, and in, can be used in uh, plaster finish, okay? Plaster, okay? And I'll address the issue I said with mortar in a second. Plaster, if that's the case and it's a dry location, there you go. You're fine. Next, it says 11, and that is, okay, use is permitted in wet locations, it says, in wet locations where a corrosion-resistant jacket is provided over the metallic covering and, now this is a good time to talk about the word and, and this is a great location to explain something I've been teaching for years called the power of and and the power of or. 
So if I see something in the code that says or, then I have the ability to do this or that, okay? The way it reads in the language. So if you're reading the code and you're going through, you see this, you see the word or, it says do this or that, I have an option. When you see and, there is no option here. It is you have to do this and you have to do that, okay? So in this case, when we're reading 11, says in wet locations where the corrosive resistant jacket is provided over the metallic covering and any of the and any of the following conditions are met. And there's an A, there's a B, and there's a C. Now A says, okay, uh, a metallic covering is impervious to moisture. Okay, so the metallic covering of a typical MC cable that is called interlocked MC uh, is obviously not impervious to moisture. Okay, that, that armor would not be. Now, a smooth or corrugated style may be, but an interlocked, which is the most commonly used metal clad cable, is the armor is not impervious to moisture. Okay, so we're going to talk just standard interlocked products. So obviously, A is not going to work here. Okay, um, but remember, even if it was, it's still making a statement that it has to have what? It has to have a corrosive resistant jacket. Okay, where a corrosive resistance jacket is provided over the metallic covering and one of these. And I think that's people miss that one a lot on that application of when they are looking at things like smooth, corrugated and, and interlocked. They don't forget in this case, you still have that first sentence and then you get into the end. So the next one, B would say, OK, so this is a construction thing. So the B one says, OK, a jacket resistant to moisture is provided under the metal covering. So I have an impervious jacket over that of the armor and then inside of it, un just underneath the armor, I have another impervious jacket. And now if I had an impervious jacket for this one, then the conductors inside of the impervious jacket that's inside, just inside the armor, then they would not have to be wet location rated. They could be any conductor rated like a THHN or whatnot because it has that impervious jacket around it that's inside of the armor, which on top of it has an impervious jacket. Okay. You see the concept here? Okay. And then you got the, the last one, which is C, which is probably what every manufacturer does, right? You've heard of PVC jacketed MC or PVC coated MC, whatever you want to call it. All right. This is allowed under UL 1569. This is a wet location rated product. So you have this impervious jacket, which you need to make sure it's installed without damaging to maintain that rating. But then you've got C, and here's what C says. The insulated conductors under the metallic covering are listed for use in a wet location. So this is why we will put THHN slash THWN-2 in it, or we'll put XHHW-2 in it, because those are wet location rated products. And you saw that earlier when we told you to go look at that in 310.10C for what conductor insulation is rated for wet location, ties all that kind of stuff together, and that's what all of us manufacturers, that's what they do. They do this construction method. The other ones are too onerous to do. Um, and smooth and corrugated are more expensive to produce than interlocked. But if I've got to put the covering on it anyway in order to do this, then it's much easier to take a product and have an impervious jacket like an extruded PVC jacketing over top of the armor. And then inside of it, we're going to put conductors with insulation that's rated for a wet location. And that's what all manufacturers do. Now, 
kind of like the NMB that we talked in the first question, as long as those conductors are uh, identified and they meet all the marking requirements that we talked about earlier, then you could strip off the armor and use that and use a transition fitting and say transition from MC using the fitting and then take the conductors that you strip out or the pull the armor off of, then you could feed those down the actual raceway into the box and that's perfectly okay. That would be no different than pulling conductors in a raceway. That's that the same concept, right? That's okay. As long as you use a fitting that is rated for use as a transition fitting. And of course, they're also allowed to be enclosed if they're identified and, and listed for that as well, to be enclosed, okay? And most of those transition fittings that would go like from MC to EMT are rated for that application. Always check with your manufacturer to be sure. All right, so that's our uses permitted. So we get the, we get the permission to do what we want to do um, provided. So normal MC is not going to work. Got to have some kind of impervious jacketing on it, covering all over top of the armor. Then you get into the uses not permitted. Now, the use, this is where people tend to get this confused because the use is permitted to tell us we can and how to do it and what we have to do. And then you come over to use is not permitted and people say, okay, now is it telling me I can't now? Well, let's read it. It says MC cables shall not be used. And for those that are following along, we're at 300.12. Now, remember, use is not permitted or .12 in the wiring methods and .10 is use is permitted. It says MC cables shall not be used under either of the following conditions. Number one, we're subject to physical damage. Well, that goes without saying. You can't use non-metallic sheath cable, we're subject to physical damage. You can't use MC cable, we're subject to physical damage. We do not have a definition of physical damage, so again, you're gonna have to work with your AHJ and come up with a understanding between everybody involved what is subject to physical damage. All right, so second one is the one we're dealing with. It says, we're exposed to any of the destructive corrosive conditions in A or B unless, okay, this is important, unless the metal sheathing or armor is resistant to the conditions or is protected by materials resistant to such conditions. Okay, so this is the, this is the big one where people always say, Paul, can you use MC in a swimming pool environment inside the pool room? let's say, where you might have stored chemicals and things like that. My answer to that is, based on the way this is read and based on the way it's, it's listed in 680 right now in a 2020 code, absolutely, because that PVC jacketing that's on that PVC jacketed MC is very much resistant, okay, to these conditions that I'm going to talk about, all right? Very much so. Even if somebody would argue against it, they're full. Because we know that PVC material is very resistant to these chemical natures of things like chlorine, bromine, and things like that. Even though they want to argue against it, that's, that's, just, that's just ignorance, okay? Now, let's look at it. It says A and a B. Now, A says, okay, so again, what we're looking for is protection of materials resistant to these conditions. This is the condition. One, direct burial in the earth or embedded in concrete unless identified for direct burial. So that answers one question. So PVC jacketed MC is very resistant to corrosion. The PVC jacketing is, all right? And it is usually all of your PVC jacketed MC will have on the side of it marked for direct burial. So it's check mark there. It does have a covering that is rated for that. It's perfectly fine. So this is telling you it can't be direct buried and it can't be embedded in concrete unless it's identified as direct burial. Well, check mark. Just look on the side of your PVC jacketed MC and you're good to go. So you meet that one. So this doesn't apply. 
The next thing it says, exposed to cinder fills, strong chlorides, caustic alkalides, uh, or vapors of chlorine or of hydrochloric acid. Okay. PVC jacketed material is resistant to these types of chemicals. Very much so. Think about this. So people that argue and say, no, it's not. No, it's not. Thinking about pools. I'm thinking your plastic PVC liner, vinyl liner, okay? A polymeric material is in constant contact with your chlorine. Most all of the plumbing portions are components that are inside your plumbing. Your pumps, your filters are all plastic. It's all PVC. Think about it, folks. All of the pieces are plastic. The filter that goes in the skimmer, for the most part, plastic. Think about it. All right? So, plastic PVC, the material, the testing that goes through with the manufacturer, the PVC material, is very resistant to these exposures. So, now what you've done is you've got a PVC jacketed MC. So, you've got this impervious coating on top of the armor. And then you've got the insulated conductors inside of it that are rated for wet location. All right? So, it has all that further testing in order to be that wet location rating per their standard. And the individual conductors inside of it, by the way, are tested to a different standard. For example, thermoplastic, THHN, that's UL83. And the X, if you happen to have cross-linked polyethylene in there, uh, we call XHHW-2, for example, but that's also RHH, RHW-2, PV, USC-2. All of those are also thermal set type of products with a cross-linking uh, structure. Those itself are also a very resistant to corrosion, so, uh, to a, a corrosive effect. Okay, so together, putting all this together, it's perfectly acceptable for those applications. As far as you, as long as you use a product that is listed, uh, and it has direct burial marking on it, and it has that pervious jacketing, and all the internal conductors are rated for wet location, and it is, then you're good to go. Okay. All right. So with, with that said, that's your answer. So and, you know, circling back to the question, it says uh, if it's outside, so we know we can't use it outside uh, in a wet location unless it's PVC jacketed. And the conductors inside of it, which most manufacturers will do, will be a wet location rated. And in conjunction, that creates a product that can be used outside. Regular MC doesn't meet the first component because it doesn't have the impervious jacket extruded over it. So obviously can't be used in a wet location. Uh, makes sense? All right. So seems like we covered probably all of the topics for that question. Uh, and I've even given, given you more. Um, about when people talk about transitions and things, things like that. I should also mention for non-metallic sheet cable, there is no transition. You can't go from uh, MC, uh, NEMB and then go to EMT because, again, those conductors are not identified. We covered that. You wouldn't do that. Okay. Anyway, hopefully you got something out of today's episode. Uh, again, thank you to the person that submitted that question. Made for a great episode. 41 minutes. Who can do 41 minutes on NMB and MC cable using an outdoor location? Only I could do that in my long-winded approach. Till next time, folks, stay safe. God bless, and we'll see you on the next episode of Ask Paul. Remember, visit our website www.paulabernathy.com to submit your questions, or if you want to learn more about the NEC, the National Electrical Code, learn with me, your favorite NEC instructor, over on electricalcodeacademy.com, .net, or .org. Until next time, stay safe. God bless.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.